and welcome to the latest episode of Bet Bears Racing Only Better podcast. I am joined, as always, by Daryl Carter, Tony Calvin, and Dan Barber to look ahead to ITV's racing on Saturday. Before I do, please do check out the Bet Bear website for additional place races and some great offers this weekend but you must opt in and you must do it responsibly but do check the website out for that um tony i'm going to come straight to you for weather watch because of course we're looking at racing from sandown and wincanton four from sandown three from wincanton i mean we're on half time now but courtesy of this premierization of british horse racing tc so it's great um but what isn't great is the weather obviously it's been lashing it down all week what will we be racing on if we even are racing this weekend? Well, I don't think there's any doubt it's going to be heavy everywhere. Um, the problem we've got is it's predominantly heavy at Wincanton Sandown already. Uh, both have got yellow weather warnings. We're recording this just before three o'clock on Thursday. I'm five miles down the road from Sandown and it just looks like it's just about to start pissing down. And once it starts, it's not going to due to stop till 3 a.m. on Friday. So they're expecting about 23 mil. So they're Sandown are expecting 8 a.m. tomorrow morning. Um, that could be interesting if they get all of that 23 mil. Wincanton, um, it was heavy, it was heavy waterlogged on the hurdles course on Wednesday. They're expecting 17 mil from Thursday morning onwards. The only bright spot is that both tracks are due to be largely dry on Friday and Saturday. So, yeah, it's it's going to be it's going to be heavy. It's going to be drying heavy. It's going to be awful. Okay, well, that was that was a cheery start to the pod. Uh, Daryl, uh, it's our first back, uh, podcast back, obviously, since the New Year. So belated Happy New Year to you. I think we can just about get away with saying that. Um, how are you looking down the barrel of the gun of 2024? Looking forward to it? Yeah, of course. Got to start positive, Vanessa. Otherwise, yeah. uh, otherwise you're going to struggle. But yeah, looking forward to it. Looking Brand new year, fresh start. I'm on a 1,500-calorie diet. I've been put on a diet by my missus. Wow. Okay. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Fifteen hundred calories. Wow. So that's what I. That's surprisingly what I sprightful. Yeah, considering. Yeah, <laughs> and quick check in with you, Dan. Same question, really. Happy New Year. All that crap. How are you? Thank you. Thank you. I'm good. Thanks. Hope everyone is the same. I I'm on a similar diet, but it's fifteen hundred per meal. Nice. <laughs> much much over more. Christmas anyway. Yeah, much more to my preference. Right, Dan, I'm going to start with you. We will kick off with Sandown. Four races to tackle on heavy slash beyond heavy ground, essentially, is what we're looking at. Um, Look, we know it's not the class of what we've had from the last two weeks, but both all the races we're discussing today, I just think they've got a really competitive edge, and that kicks off with this first race at Sandown, the 150, two miles, four furlongs, handicap chase. Hudson de Grugy is your 11-4 to favourite, obviously a bit run off his feet when we last saw him over the two miles back up in trip. George's Saint for Venetia Williams, 9-2, to has two declarations, not sure which his preference is. Heltonham is next best at 5-1. to one. One. Bit bigger prices thereafter. So where did you land in this? Nice and competitive to start. Well, clearly Tony's hit hit upon the main feature of what we're going to see. And this is a race that I'm sure Tony will remember for sure, brings back particularly bad memories for me. The day I backed up the straight for Richard Rowe, who cantered into the lead approaching the last. And then, I mean, there's exhaustion and there's whatever the phrase is to describe what, what he underwent at that point on the running. 
Because he got legless and Venetius Farinay battled back past him. Nothing to see here. Five to four. Favourite wins, everybody thinks. So that must have been a fairly straightforward thing. No. The thing I back looked like it was going to win half the track and it completely <sighs> died died in its rear end. Um, so I'm hoping for no repeat. And the absence, likely absence of Georgie's uh, Saint, who I saw win at Fatenham, just continuing to plough on through the mud. Mm -hmm. Um does bring a rule four consideration into it to some extent, but also it it removes one of the dangers. So it's 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 an either or really. You sort of six or one half a dozen of the other, because I did think he was a runner. But with that being the theme that it's going to be bottomless, I'm gonna try and air away from as many short ones as I can and have a few stabs at biggest prices. And Black Jerry's the one who fits the bill for me in this. Um He's quickly got down below the mark off which he won for the fourth time last season. He got a reference last week in relation to bow to greatness, but bow to greatness jumped like his legs were tied together and never got involved. Um, but he was a four-time winner as a novice. I just thought that he was coming back to form at Ascot. I thought the test was too sharp for him. It was that day that Harper's Brook blasted off. He was taken off his feet slightly, but he didn't wilt out of things by any means. It was a better run than on his return when he was outclassed in the Paddy Power. Think he can step up again. Beautiful. Okay, Black Jerry is currently fourteen to one with the sports book outsider of the eight uh, runner field currently. Daryl, over to you next, please. Yeah, Black Jerry definitely made my shortlist of two. Um, I I came down though on the side of Carbon King just on the basis that I think you want as little weight on your back as possible. Uh, we saw when me and Tony partnered up with. Uh, uh, the Venetia horse last week that you know they can be seen to good effect with no weight on their back and Carbon King I thought um, thought won quite snugly at Foss Lass last time reappeared in the uh, in a Welsh um, champion hurdle cut no mustard there and the same at Ascot back over fences at uh, Foss Lass I had three starts and I thought he won with a good bit in hand really ploughed through the tough tough conditions there thought the runner up fine casting went to Cheltenham and chased home. Um, and ran well chasing home uh, Liberty Hunter and Matatu. So a fairly good standard. He's only three pounds higher here. Very unexposed horse. Um, decent form towards the back end of last year, uh, last season um, in Ireland. And I think he's a horse that's on the upgrade. So hopefully he's got a bit in hand off a mark of 124. And light weight on his back, I think he'll be galloping all day through these conditions. Okay, Carbon King then for Daryl. And Black Jerry for Dan. Do you want to add anyone else into the mix, TC? Everyone going away from the few at the top of the market. Well, Hudson Degrugia, anyway. Yeah. Um, obviously, the first thing to say is if um, St. George's does go to win Canton, we are, we, we only got two places for each way punters. So bear that in mind. And also, with the sportsman being 9-2, to two, you're going to get a 15p rule four as well. So just factor that in. Um Hudson de Grugy, he's he's got an obvious chance, isn't he? I, I don't think eleven to four is that bad a price. Um, everything in his favour, isn't he? Sand down, four time course winner, heavy ground winner, tee up job for this over two miles, first time up. Didn't have the visor on that day. Visor's back on. Yeah, I didn't think eleven to four was that bad a price, but the, the price differential between he and the horse he just beat here in March, Kel Destan. At 15 to 3, he's probably a little bit too big. I was leaning towards Kel Destan, uh, mainly because of the price. And obviously, he's got sand down form, heavy ground form. And, you know, the handicap has treated him really kindly. Only putting him up £5 for two two wins recently in, in, in blinkers. But I went back and had a look at that Chepstow run last time. It's only, it only going to be 10 days ago. 
and he was out on his feet that day. And if there's one criticism of Paul Nichols you can get is he just can't let a big pot like this go untested. Uh, ideally, I think you need more space between his races. So, in short, I, Kel Destan's a better price, but maybe the, the you know the, the the quick turnaround is is is, is just too off putting for me. I've, if I if I if you wanted to know where I'm leaning towards Hudson de Grugy, the eleven to four, and I don't think he's that bad even with a rule four. All right. Um, well, let's move on then. Can we? I'll stick with UTC for the mayor's hurdle, the listed race on the card at Sandown over the two miles four, and if the Races surrounding this before and after are pretty competitive. This kind of isn't really. You wear it well as four to seven at the top of the market. She's ranked much the best, rated much the best in here. She's taking on Susan at nine to four. I love the nightlife eight to one after that. Good luck charm in their bigger prices thereafter. Um, basically, is it just very straightforward for you wear it well, TC? Yeah, a little bit disappointing last time. Um, obviously. That sand down hurdles track, we always say it, is just a lure unto itself, isn't it? So you don't really want to be playing in at four to seven chances on that ground, on that hurdles track, even though they've got as much in hand as you wear it well. After a slightly like uh, below par effort in the rescheduled fight in fifth here last time. So, yeah, four to seven, fully, fully justified. Would I go anywhere near that price? No, and none of the others in the race really appeal at their current prices either. So you wear it well to win, but uh, wouldn't be okay. near it. No bet wet race for TC, but you wear it well to win. Daryl, are you playing it any different way or are you just all in on this on this favourite? No, look, this should be pretty straightforward for you wear it well. She's a rock-solid 140 horse. She's, there's no doubt about that. Um, everything else is going to improve to get near her. It's just, look, four to seven is probably fair, to be honest. Um I just, I just, I just couldn't back a mare at any mare uh, odds on. They're just too unpredictable. Like my missus wanted to watch the Wonka film for the last two weeks. Right, she came in from work yesterday, and I said, "You fancy going to the cinema on Friday to watch that Wonka film?" She went, "Nah, look shit." And I thought, well, you know, <laughs> that's how unpredictable mares are. So uh, I think I'll, I'll leave her alone, but I expect her to win. I like that. You've like had a mare it. with that one. You're going to get her right. Yeah, yeah. Well, let's hope if you doesn't... think she watches this dad <laughs> yeah, same. Um, Dan, Dan do you have anything else to add before we move on to the veterans handicap no no Susan obviously gave me and Daryl a kiss of life uh, the other week yeah. at, you expect at, her to do that much easier Dan I expect her to do that much better than she did I would never say that about a competitive handicap at Chelm I thought she went through the race really well and I think she's still got a, the potential to do better again given she's had so little racing but a mare who missed 20 months being asked to plough through these sort of conditions. I don't think so, idea. I suspect the, the jolly goes out in front and if she's on song, she doesn't come back. Okay. Dan, I will stick with you then for what is the feature, really, of the card at Sandown. It's the Veterans Handicap for Chase. It's the series final of the series they've obviously been running over the last few months. Three miles, the trip for the old boys, but 15 runners here. I'm, I'm really looking forward to this and I'm really looking forward to what you guys are going to tip. I just think it's super competitive and I love these old boys, basically. Um, good boy Bobby is your 11-2 to two market leader currently with the sports book. Won the qualifier for this back in November. Sepage in there has had such little racing in the last, what, two years is 15-2 to two next best. 
Thomas Darby, 15 to 2 in there as well. 11 year old. I write 8 to 1. And even further down, you've got likes of Ramsley de Telly at 9 to 1. Sam Brown in there and 2 for gold at 12s. I mean, there really is. I know it's the point of the race, but there really is some favourites in here. But who is going to win it? Dan? Yeah, couldn't agree more. They are, they are great, these races. I don't even think it's cliche to say it. I think they are just to see these. I love it. 10, 11, 12-year-olds who've been around the block. They still retain plenty of enthusiasm. Um, again, I'm going slightly not outside the box, I don't think. I put up Sam Brown on his return at Wincanton, and he ran terribly. Didn't go a yard. He was weak in the market. Stablemate won the race, didn't he? He was mob-handed in that Anthony Honeyball that day. Um, but last time was a bit better over the wrong trip. And I think I saw a quote about how this was his aim for the season. And it might explain why he looks so backward first time out. But headgear this time, visor goes on, along with the tongue strap. He's back over the right sort of trip. This is a horse who, from day one, has handled heavy and soft ground extremely, extremely well. And in what is likely to be a war of attrition, given some of those that are in the lineup, I write one way of going, good boy Bobby, I write the... One of the baddest beats I've had all season when he got chinned at Chepstow again by good boy Bobby after the pair had gone hammer and tongs. Two for gold is likely to be up with the pace. This should be a properly run race. And Sam Brown scores highly for stamina. He's well in on what he would have done at Punchestown when he fell. And he's a, a proper mudlark. Um, thought Sapage was most interesting from a form perspective, still on this mark after finishing so strongly at Cheltenham. But three miles testing ground has never really been his cup of tea as far as I read him. Okay, Sam Brown, it is then for Dan. Nine to one, did open up at much bigger prices than that, though. Uh, TC, I'll come to you next. How have you unpicked these veterans? Yeah, I'm with Dan. I put up oh. Sam Brown on Tuesday. Um, he was 16s in about eight places, 14s everywhere else, and he's into nines now, and I think... I think that remains fair. He is a point bigger in a few other places, and I imagine you'll get tens on the exchange, no problem. But for all, for all the reasons Dan said, I'm a bit wary about a first-time visor because it's an unknown. Uh, I'm a bit wary about the track because it's an unknown. But everything else apart from that is in his favour. You know, inadequate trip last time, stayed on the right. We know the mark is well within his grasp. Um and some of a mark of 147, like the entry win. It was a half-length second to rule Pagai and Peter Marsh on heavy ground uh, in 2022 off this mark. And as Dan said, he was training at 1.56 when coming down two out of punches down in April, so you don't have to go that far back to get it. Um, yeah, I think he's got everything in his favour. Uh, stable won the race with JPEG in 2020. Stable going really well this season. Um, and he, like I said, there was some confusion about whether he was actually qualified for this. Uh, right. But he was in a uh, a qualifier at Haydock on December the 6th that got abandoned. And any qualifier that's abandoned, you're automatically qualified on the back of that, even though you didn't run. So oh, wow. that reminds me of one of my favourite things. I think it was Pipe. Back in the day, there was a, in the Potemps days, you could get qualified just yeah. by being entered. And I think it was a mega cold snap and Wincanton were like a million to one to go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> so it was just this block entry from one or two stable just thinking that I'll do thank you <laughs> well Daryl the boys in agreement with Sam Brown then and TC pretty confident as well um, 
I wouldn't say confident because it is a very, very deep race. But one of the ones I really feared, Captain Oars, was one of the three no-shows at the overnight stage. So it is a very, very deep race. Okay. No, Giants is probably his price, but I wouldn't I wouldn't be deserting him. Okay, not deserting him then. What about you, Daryl? Who are you with? Uh, I'm, I'm keeping it pretty straightforward, actually. I'm with last year's runner-up, uh, Rams to Tay, who I think this is just been his target and i think he's got one and a half hurrah in him it goes extremely well fresh i think it's four figures of three wins and a fifth over fences since 2018 um he's obviously four pound lower than than running on second in this race last year uh which is you know it can only be a positive for him i'd ignore the runs after he ran in this i reckon they're coming back for another crack he won the river don immediately after a wind operation so we know it goes well straight away after that sort of procedure he'll handle conditions like there's not a lot of negatives with him if he's fit and straight to do himself justice and he's got the the back class to win this. So I think it's very straightforward. I like the booking of Jack Tudor. Um, I think Nines is very, very fair. I think he'd be up with a vanguard. I wouldn't want to be sitting too far off the pace in these conditions. It can be very difficult to sort of make up ground on those in front of you. And this lad will gallop all day. So Ramsey's to tell you for me. Okay. Also nine to one like Sam Brown. Right. Daryl, I shall stick with you for the last race on the card at Sandown. It's the two-mile handicap hurdle. Seven runners here, but again, very competitive. And given that plenty of these have some heavy ground form, Spirit Danu is your 11-8 to market leader currently for the Gary Moore team off the back of what he did here the last day. San Bruy, I think it is, for Paul Nichols, having a first run from France, so obviously brings in heavy ground form from over there, is 7-2. to two. He's a complete unknown in here. The Churchill lad at fours, Robin's Dream, that's nines after that. Um, but as I said, Daryl, just plenty of horses in here who don't won't you don't think have the ground excuse anyway. Yeah, definitely. Um, I do. I would like to be again. I was with Spirit Danu last time. I want to be against him now off a mark of 139. I think that's a lot of weight for him to carry. Um, and I, I'm not sure he's the the strongest at the finish in deep deep ground at uh, up this Sandown Hill. So I'll be be keen to take him on. Uh, the Paul Nichols runner is very interesting. I think they only got him on Boxing Day. This is quite quick, quick of a turnaround. So maybe this is sort of like, let's see what we've got with him. Um, he's got some decent form in France. I'd ignore the last two runs over three miles. Coming back in trips, definitely going to suit him. He won't have no trouble with the ground. So he's interested. I think he's got the mark of 134. I don't know how Dan at time form have got him. That'd be interesting to hear. But I was with, uh, I was with Churchill Lad. But I'm hoping that Ross Chapman will just allow Totterdown to do his thing, which he always just goes and blasts off and just ignore that he's even in the race because I think church the Churchill lad needs to dominate. So I'm hoping they'll just allow Totterdown just to fly off and he'll be able to dominate the pack in behind and hopefully Totterdown will come to a stop and this lad will continue galloping because I think he's a well-handicapped horse. The time figure at Haydock the last day when a few of us fancy Gubernator um, was decent. It was deep round conditions there. Um, I know this is only two weeks later, which is a slight concern, but I do think he's a well-handicapped horse, just five pounds higher. Uh, like right end of the, of, the, of the weights, carrying nothing on his back in this. And I think there's question marks for a lot of these, um, particularly like Robin's Dream and Word Has It. Yeah, and Lang Langer Dan's one, you just want to keep an eye on for the Coral Cup. Um, ignore him for this. 22-1 in this. Yeah, he'll <laughs> be put to one for the Coral Cup. Yeah, he'll be, put away. he'll be put away after this. You won't, you won't see him after this, I suspect. But uh, yeah, I thought the Churchill lad would go well if, if the race pans out how I'm hoping it will. Okay, Churchill at four to one. TC, over to you here. Obviously, with the ground in mind, but given everything we've said, it feels as though plenty in here have a chance. Yeah, they do. Yeah, um, 
the nickel sauce he's had it in the, he's had it since the summer um oh how was he is that is that only because he's entered up that's why it comes up as boxing day but apparently he's had it since the summer so he's had plenty of time to get in, involved with it so check out check out his uh column on betting.betfair there you'll get you get all the gen on that but it's yeah it's very very interesting on that kind of mark because when he won his three-year-old hurdle in france he actually had a certain gaelic warrior back in third but uh well, you know, a lot of water under a bit since then. But obviously, you know, he's been given the wind up three minutes, etc. You don't know what you're dealing with there. His favourite is pretty solid, but 11 to 8 is far too short. Uh, if I can get 20s plus on the exchange, I might have a go at a totter down. Um, as Daryl said, he's only got one way of running this horse. But um, two miles, heavy ground, sand down on his conditions. Look, he's a 13-year-old up against five-year-old and six-year-old. So... He's not. Uh, he's not. Uh, <clears throat> he's not really got uh, anything in hand here. But what he has got in his favour is a handicap mark of a career low of 120 here. He's he's actually running this race a couple of times. He's run off it of 142 or 135, and he actually showed a, a fair bit of enthusiasm for a, for a 12 year old um, at the course in November. I thought he momentarily had him going there. I mean, he was 22 to one before the race, straight at fours in running. And I just thought, with the claimer taking off five pounds, off 10 stone, going from the front, um, you know, if he does kind of like get him niggling at him about two, three out, and it's, it'd be very hard to make up ground here. I mean, the obviously downside is, as Daryl said, the Churchill lad goes forward. There's another horse in there that can go forward as well. But Totterdown's got one way of going, and he may well hang on. Look, I'm not going to... Okay. I'm not going to have a big bet in the race, but if I can get 20s on the exchange, he's 14s with the sports book, but 18s elsewhere. If I can get 20s on the exchange, I'll chuck a few quid at Totter down. Okay. A veteran not in the veterans race, though. And Dan, final word to you on Sandown, please. Same as Tony. And oh. I think the thing to mention, it's just, it's Totter down, Sandown, bad ground, two miles. I mean, I've, I've, we've read this book before and it doesn't always <laughs> have the same ending, but on occasions it has and he just doesn't come back. So I'm hoping Daryl's right. I'm hoping the Churchill lad is so con concerned with what the others are doing behind him that there's an element of them just ignoring Totter down. He's 13, nearly old enough to smoke. Just let him go. It's fine. But he, the return, as Tony said, was not devoid at all. He finished fourth behind Arku, but it was a better race than this. And yeah, there's no way I could allow him to go unbacked at 14s plus when, I mean, there's got to be doubts about the Nicholas horse, even though, on his French form, he's well in. Obvious doubts about Gary Moore's Robin's dream because of how fragile he's been. And massive fan of Spirit Donu, but the, the price is the price. And I'd much rather be with Totter down at that 14 than him at 11 to 8, much so I think he'll definitely win more races. Okay. Two votes for the old boy Totter down. Right. Dan, stick with you for Wing Canton. The first of their races on ITV is the 205 over just shy of the two miles, one mile, seven furlongs. Uh, it is your handicap hurdle. And four of a kind is your 11th four market leader for Harry Dirham, despite really some pretty uninspiring form in recent times, but obviously on the drop with the handicapper as a result. Uh, Faya Kamak, is it? Faya Kamak, I think it is. Um, is next best in the market. She kind of fell in at Sedgefield when we saw her at four to one. One last glance is next best at 13 to two. Those are your top three, Dan. Patchy little race, this, I thought. Yeah, probably one of the lowest quality race we've ever seen on ITV, but there's 10 runners and there's each way betting. So why we'll not? Take have it. 
Why not have a bit of a crack at it? Yeah, I can see the case of four of a kind, but it's mainly unstable, isn't it, rather than anything he's done. Um, yeah, it is. There's a, for me, you just could not have the Snowden horse at 16s, Starovich, who... £10 claimer riding, he's shown ability, the trip was too far in his chasing debut and he might not have taken defences anyway and he cost hundred and five grand, and he's 16 in a bit of a meatball race, <laughs> much bigger price than horses that we know how limited they are, in the case of Western Soldier who was a very classy flat horse just doesn't really get the trip, even though he won at uh, Plumpton, he's been pulling hard since, he went up the glue, up the inside in the Four Pleasure Phaeton race when I was there and got absolutely legless um, Fiaka Mac, however we gonna, however we pronounce it, ignorant on our part for not researching this, we do apologise. But um, I don't well, know what you she... apologise. I've I've listened to the commentary. I, uh, Lee, I've listened Have to you? I listened to the Sedgefield commentary, and Lee McKenzie was calling it Fayek Amok. Yeah, Fayek Amok is what I've got. Yeah, well, that's what yeah. McKenzie was calling it anyway. Lee McKenzie, is he back in the? Wouldn't <laughs> back in Lee McKenzie, would it? Keep going down. Um, yes, that's it. Um, he looks a bit like David Essex, doesn't he? Does he? Yeah, I suppose he does. Uh, yeah, so it's, it's a it's a bad race, as I keep saying, and there's one horse who could be a bit better than them, and he's 16s, and I don't think he will be 16s if they have the same belief that I might have. Okay, massive prize then for Jamie Snowden's win. What about UTC in here? Bad race, but something's got to win it. Yeah, I mean, Harry Durham, obviously brilliant, isn't he? He's just eight of his last 13 of one. You know, he's brilliant. It's 27 cent strike rate. He's priced up on that. And also the fact is that um, he's not been too obvious about it, but Durham's left off the tongue tie and the cheek pieces that he wore at when we in at Haydock last year for his first two starts. And lo right. and behold, Lord 105, dropped six pounds. Um, mm. So he gets in here. So, yeah, it's, that's that's why it's that's why it's 11 to 4, because it's it's pretty obvious what he's done. Um Fayot Amor um, would be get my vote. A bit worried about she hasn't been seen since Sedgefield in mid-November, but it could well be that she just needs a lot of time between races. I think a not mark of 93 on the bare Sedgefield form is okay. But more importantly, if you go back and have a look at um, her form in France on the flat, uh, form on in Ireland on the flat um, last summer, she was fourth to warm heart in really testing ground at Leopardstown, after which she was rated 80 on the flat. So 80 on the flat, 90 for over hurdles. It doesn't take Mick Fitzgerald to come out with his £45 line to tell you that she's potentially very well in. OK, TC with the Philly then. Um, Dan, anyone else for this? Anything else for this? Just not not since I spoke five <laughs> no, seconds. No, sorry, Daryl. Sorry, I meant Daryl. Daryl, Daryl. I'm, I was looking I'm at so, Daryl, looking a bit confused there as well. I'm so thinking, glad you, you you tried to skip me because you can. I won't be having a bet in this. <laughs> no bet race for you. Yeah, definitely not. Not at this low grade level. Heavy ground. Just, just, just uh, very quickly. The reason this is on because ITV and the sport switched the races around on Wednesday, and uh, this race was originally 24 runners, and obviously it's held up all right to 10 runners but the race it was previously meant to be on is not 125 a much better race but that's only turned out to be six runners so well done itv well done bha well done mm. the sport yeah good well, for, i mean it's good good for trainers isn't it to have a runner on itv some of these trainers won't that would rarely happen that's yeah. true but it's a bit of a depressing state of events but anyway we move on <laughs> uh the 240 then darryl i missed the negative on this show you sorry, sorry, I just took the mantle there. Back for a off moment. my turf. 
Yeah, the 240, Daryl, uh, is the handicap chase, two miles four. Georgia Saint, this is the other race that he's declared in, nine to four, top of the market. Another horse that none of us can ever pronounce, all commentators, so we'll just call him Huel Goat, is seven to two. That's not how you say it, but there we are. Uh, Jackamar in there at five to one. Those are your top three here. Uh, is this a race that you're even having a bet in? Yes, yes, it is. This is probably one of my strongest bets of the day in there. Um, it's a bit like I'm a bit disappointed that George Saint's going to come in here because he's he's a big danger. I thought faking him, I thought he trod the inside route and uh, he got like he was he was very good there. Um, he was well worthy of that 12 length deficit that he won by beating William Cody. The race probably wasn't much, but the fact that he tracked through the inside when most of the winners that day came around the outside, I thought was quite a taking performance. He's unexposed and the time was good, so I'm slightly concerned about him. Uh, particularly under under Ned Fox claiming five now, but I thought the bet was Jackamar. I thought he was a, a decent price here. Good second last time to Sheldon at Wincanton. Um, he stuck on quite takingly at the finish, as in to suggest that perhaps he's won for next time. Um, the headgear goes back on. He's with Anthony Cholton now, but I get the feeling that Milton Harris is still pulling the strings because uh, the the same patterns are emerging. The headgear goes back on. He actually beat Mister Coffee. First time cheek pieces, um, and he uh, went very close in, in a first time visor, staying on. At, well, not very close. He was sixth in a paddy power, staying on last year off 132 when sixth. Form figures at Wing Canton are two, two, three, one, one. Uh, he won his attempts qualifier on soft ground. Um, he was third in a grade two novice here. He's effectively now off 113. Uh, I thought that was a, a bounce right back to form last time. He loves Wing Canton. Well handicapped. I think a lot of these. Um, I think a lot of these have got questions to answer if the ground does stay quite testing. In terms of go steady, Jackamar beat him last year, giving him fifteen pound at Leicester. So he's now he's now getting five pounds off him. So he's got a twenty pound swing with that one. Um, I think there's lots to like about him under Bradley Harris. Uh, I think he's got to go close, surely. Daryl, there's lots to like about you when you do such a brilliant form numbers readout. Form figure readout, first one of 2024, and beautifully <laughs> done as well. Well played, that man. You've you. really improved from the first time you did a form figure readout, hasn't he, Dan? I can't really comment because I'm bad at it, as everybody else You're says. You're really bad at it, yeah, but that's because you're from the north. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Sexist comments earlier, followed by now. Um, <laughs> Northeast. Yeah. <laughs> Go on. Who do you fancy in here? The unpronounceable. I'm going to give him a chance. Yeah, he'll go. He'll go. Um, now, I can totally see the Jack Ma case. I can totally see the case for George Sam. But thinking back to that day, enjoy your life, who I put up on the pod, and everything went so well for me at Wincanton. And I was counting them from five out. Like, this is game, set, and match. And the Nichols horse found a burst that I didn't think he had in him to get alongside enjoy your life and then go on. And assert now Sandown, yeah, it was a strong finishing effort that day, but that didn't really translate too well to three miles at Sandown next time. And he got very tired, but the race might have come too soon as well after such a big effort at Wincanton. So he's back here, he's back into a naught to 130. All the backs, he's back in trip. Uh, you probably want to back him, and he's got Freddie Gingell on his back claiming five, so it's backtastic. And I'm with the unpronounceable Huel Goat. Okay, at seven to two. Final line to you on this race, TC. We've got differing yeah. opinions, but general sort of positive in and around Jackamar. Do you agree with that? 
Um, we worried about the ground for Jack Amar and the trainer. Isn't that isn't that great? Is he by the looks of it? If um, but yeah, so though a combination of the two would put me off Jack Amar. George Saint. Not sure about the strength of that faking and win last time, but he is the most solid horse in here, isn't he? In form, heavy ground, most likely leader in here. Um, won't be having a bet in the race, but if it is going to be a punting race, go steady at sixes is probably on the big side to me. Um, but yeah, it's it's a messy race. I, I suspect George Saint will go out and stay there, but five to two in that ground about three or four horses you can make a case against him yeah no bet for me Daryl makes okay. such a good point about that by the way that Fatenham day Gold Clermont who won the big staying race was basically on the outside rail I've never seen it at Fatenham before and for hit George Sant to keep going after going up the inside was pretty yeah, not stunning or special or anything it was a Fatenham handicap but it suggests he's still really well in he was a third of three races on that day as well wasn't he so he was, in I, was round, I mean yeah I was, as you know I was there the other day and um, we didn't even yeah. get to a race that was depressing. Starts the starts the. Uh, was it the year? Yeah. It's a nice um, drive to Bakenham, though, isn't it? There. I love that. I do really like Norfolk. I used to holiday in Hunstanton as a child, but it's, it's not. This is your life. We can move on. <laughs> I think we can move on to the three fifteen at Wincanton. TC, I'm going to stick with you for this. The handicap hurdle. Two miles, five and a half furlongs. Individualist is your seven to four favourite off the back. What he did only a week ago at Taunton. Back up in grade now. Intimate in here at, for Venetia Williams at 100 to 30. An astronomic view at nine to two. Those are your top few, TC. Uh, thought this was a trappy enough. Just the seven runners as well contest. Yeah, um, I'm more worried about intimates. Uh, at 130, then I'm about individualist at 74. But um, yeah, I've um, I'm going to have a fair go at this. And the horse in question is Rare Clouds. Tens with a sports book is a point bigger elsewhere, but even my price insensitive soul will allow me to tip at tens when he's 11s elsewhere. I, I just thought Rare Clouds was was very very simple. Uh, we know he's a 10 year old. He hasn't got the handicap upside of the Venetia horse, but what he is is. In form, he's only got raised a pound for just going, uh, just getting chinned in a freeway photo at Chepstow last time. Crucially, that came on soft ground. His current trainer, Simon Earl, has been running him on largely decent ground. But the form book tells you this horse needs soft stroke heavy ground. And he's going to get heavy ground here because he's, he's two best performances or two, two of his better performances have come on heavy ground for Sue Smith. Uh, the previous uh, trainer. And that really shouldn't be a surprise because this horse is a full brother to Vintage Clouds and a half brother to Vintage Star, who are both slop monsters for Miss Smith. So, yeah, I like Raya Clouds off that handicap mark and crucially in that going. Uh, yeah, Raya Clouds at a double figure price to me seems far too big. Rare clouds, yeah. confident bet. Currently 10 to 1, did open up much bigger than that, but around about the 10 to 1 mark now with the sports book. Daryl, are you looking away from the favourite here, individualist? No, I won't be having a bet, but I'll wrap my brains with this race and I kept coming back to, to the Nichols horse. Um, I, I don't think his 16 length win at Taunton last time was as good as it visually looks, but I, I still think he's a horse that's going the right way and he won with plenty in hand and I'm not entirely convinced that this is a deep race. A lot of these got a lot of quirks about them and I think he's pretty straightforward. So if he's straight seven days on, I mean, Paul Paul wrote in his um, bet.betfair column that uh, 
individual East was his best bet on the day at Taunton. So wow. he obviously, yeah, he obviously thought that he uh, has got a bid in hand and the quick turnaround would suggest that uh, they want to keep him on the go. So, yeah, I'd be siding with him. I won't be betting in the race, but I think he's the most likely winner. Are you having a bet in the race, Dan? Yeah, I'm going to, but it's be contrary. It's more so wanting to be against individualists. Just having seen the race he ran in at Newton Abbott the last time he ran over a trip similar to this, he powered through it. He was off a layoff, I think, but he just didn't get home. And the Taunton race, Daryl says, it was a 16-length margin, but it was a really thin race. It was a handicapped debutant in there against him who didn't quite wasn't sharp enough individually. She was always in the right position and quick and clear. Just don't know how well that will translate to heavy ground at Wincanton at the back end of a card that's been raced on all day. It could be. We'll probably have a wide bias, won't we, here? That's that's not unheard of um, at this place. I'm going to go top and bottom of the way. It's totally agree with Tony that Rare Clouds is too big. He just keeps running to a, a sound level and he's done it in the mud. And if he does the same again, uh, it's a shame they're only seven running, aren't they? Let's be honest. Mm. You'd like to back him each way. Um, but I thought he was solid. And the top horse, Bumpy Johnson. Chasing's been a bit of a disaster. He's had two goes at it, but he's back down to 120 again. And I recall going way back when he first made his debut under rules. It must have been barely raceable ground at Fontwell one day, and he, he powered through it in winning a bumper. So conditions being a big factor in my belief that in a drop in a what is a dropping grade for him i mean it's not to 125 this but he's effectively a not to 117 because bumpy johnson is off 120 on his own and then he's giving three pounds away to don't rightly know and a couple more to astronomic view so i'm going top and bottom here taking a stance against a favorite i'm not convinced we'll get home as well as some I thought that Bumpy Johnson would win, win the Albert Bartlett once upon a time. <laughs> yeah, I remember. I mean, one of those who probably a few hard races over staying trips in his youth have taken the toll of it. But I mean, he looked a proper horse that day at Fontwell, didn't he? Yeah, definitely. <laughs> um, okay, Bumpy Johnson, nine to one currently, and Rare Clouds getting shout boys at 10 to one, two. Uh, so that's it, guys. Just the seven races we've rattled through, but we've gone through in quite a lot of depth, I think. So now. Just leaves time for naps, please. <laughs> That's so hard to choose this week. It, I, do you know what? Sometimes I make a little note of what I think you guys <laughs> are going to nap. And as you know, in the past, I've taken a guess. And this time around, I actually gave up halfway through there because I just thought I don't have I a clue. what the lads are going to go for here. Uh, Dan, you obviously have tipped up quite a few big prize horses. So who is your nap? Black Jerry, why not? Get the pain out Black of the way Jerry first. Jerry at a huge price, the outsider of the field. Lovely. Daryl, your nap, please. Can anyone else not hear him? That was exciting. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I was building up the excitement. It's uh, Jackamar and that 240 at Wincan. I'm a lip reader, though, and you do not <laughs> want to hear what he just said. <laughs> <laughs> Bloody hell, Daryl. Um, and TC, please, your nap, sir. I've just start. I've just. I'm about five miles from Sandown, and it's just started pissing down on cue. So it's not it's about good. time you in the what? south got some. We're just getting. TC, drenched if you it. had to have a bet, which one of the two were more likely to be on? Which would you say? Most likely to be on. Yeah. Um, given that the um, a lot of these courses are very reluctant to uh, to actually kind of like call off these kind of like big televised meetings at the weekends. I see set a seat entry. Uh, I reckon they'll both be on, but uh, like I said, we've got inspections. Um, I'm going to go with rare clouds in the three fifteen at Wing Canton. I think mm. any double figure prices, in fact, anything sevens or above, 
I think is a fair bet. So I think the tens for the sports book is highly acceptable. Beautiful. All right. Well, look, thanks, boys. Fingers crossed it doesn't actually rain as much as the weather forecast says it will and that we actually get racing this weekend. As we said, really looking forward to the Veterans Chase at Sandown and more. So let's hope it does happen. Uh, listeners and viewers out there, thank you very much. As always, don't forget, check out the Betfair website for additional place races and great offers to this weekend. But you must opt in and you must do it responsibly. Have a good one and join us again on Monday when we will be back with Wade in. <laughs>